We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing, I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Field of 68 live from the Final Four presented as always by Bet Rivers and Underdog Fantasy. We're down to two, gentlemen. Randolph Childress, Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby. My name is Greg Waddell. As you can see, we are here the NRG Arena in Houston, Texas. A thrilling night of basketball. The best team left in the tournament. It looked like the best team left in the tournament. And we got the first buzzer beater game winner of the entire postseason, gentlemen. This was enthralling. San Diego State, UConn is our national championship. Let's start with San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, the most exciting game in the tournament thus far. San Diego State down 12 points with about... 12 minutes left in this game, just scratched and clawed defensively. They were brilliant. They shut off the water to Florida Atlantic and ultimately made the big shot when it mattered. Rob, what did you see? I thought that that was the best basketball game of the tournament. Point play. Anyone want to argue with me there? Best game of the tournament to date? go through my Rolodex, but it would be hard to beat that. Yeah. First half, yes. Yeah. Second first, half, no. First half, yes. Second half was closed. Got it kind of ground down a little bit, but we got a buzzer beater out of it, and uh, the thing that I took away more than anything else was we thought, at least I thought, that was going to be a horrible basketball game. I thought we were going to see uh, a, a, a rugby match. I thought that what we were going to see basically was FAU against Tennessee all over again. That's not what we got. We got shot makers. We got bucket getters. We got Elijah Martin going nuts out here, right? We had, yep. we had Matt Bradley making every big shot in the world, and then we had Brian Dutcher at the end. I don't know if you guys heard this, okay? I don't know if you guys saw this. The interview that he did with, uh, I, I think it was with um, Tracy Wolfson, she asked him why he didn't call a timeout. You know what he said? I didn't have any plays left. <laughs> wow. Good. A lot of credit to him. His top two scores were on the bench, too. Mm-hmm. And for somebody to trust your guys in that position, and they've had different guys step up throughout the course of the season. Uh, Butler. Yeah, fix your mic. Your mic's off. My mic is off. Yeah. Live, baby. RC. So I'm sitting next to Randolph Childress right before this play happens. There's what? <laughs> 40 seconds left yep. in this game. I'm looking at you like they have to foul. Right. That's what I said. You're looking at me like 
The hell they don't. I know. There was a, there was plenty of time. There's a six-second difference. So I knew if, you're not going to take it down to one second and shoot. So you're going to shoot about anywhere from eight to ten seconds left. So they had plenty of time, and that's what we were talking about. They trust their defense. That's what they got here on. So they're going to trust that, hey, you build your identity on the defensive end. Let's get a stop. Let's go down and score. So there's plenty of time to go to drive the length of the, score, the court like Butler did and, and finish the game. So the, the thought of that's fine. The game plan, obviously, you built yourself off defense. You made it happen. You're going to trust it in that moment. Yeah. I am with that. You can. You, you weren't with that at the moment, no, though. <laughs> but you convinced me with that. That part's yeah, fine. Right. Where I'm not convinced is that even though the shot went in, right. a Lamont Butler pull up after he fumbled the ball with one and a half seconds on the clock, that's the shot they want. I can live with that if I'm Dusty May. Am I mm-hmm. crazy for that? No. Not at all. No, not. I, here's the thing, too. You don't call timeout. I'm not sure how much uh, we got with that last part. You don't call timeout because you don't want to go up against a set defense. No. And with Butler's ability to at least get something off the bounce, I mean, it shows a lot. His ability to come out, regain himself. I thought he was coming out. I thought he was going to leave the clock out. Like, I didn't I think, think he, he had any shot. idea how uh, yeah, much time was left, about. and then he caught himself like, oh, oh, let me yeah, get this up. Yeah, I, I didn't think he knew the clock situation. Credit to them, man. Hell of a game. Yeah, great game. Hell of a game. Uh, what what really stood out, though, guys, I think San Diego State's size really wore down. At, at the six-minute mark in the six, second half, there seven, seemed like one six, possession on the free-throw line. They, they would get three and four chances at the free-throw line off offensive rebounds. Yep. That's something that, you know, that shows uh, – that's a testament to their relentlessness as the game wore on. And quite frankly, guys, their depth and size. They're going to be able to give UConn some trouble with that size. Just not sure it's going to be enough. That was the, that was the incredible part, was that Florida Atlantic got stops, right? They they forced the misses, and that San Diego State just kept pounding the glass. There were what four offensive rebounds they got off of missed free throws more. in like the yeah. last like yeah. five minutes. Uh, there was three in one possession. Where well, they, where it was they, they it was foul. critical because they weren't scoring from the field. They weren't a slump themselves. They were like one for nine during that stretch. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they were one yeah. for nine from the field, and then or from the field and. And but it might have been a three possessions. Like eight, po- eight points. Right. Uh, yeah. Just off of free throws. I mean, that whistle got really tight. And credit to them, they'd hit their first and then get another chance at it. Like, mm-hmm. it happened a lot. I, I, the, th- the thing that I really took away from that, almost more than anything else, was how well Florida Atlantic played. I, I don't think that you could script that any better. Right? Is that an A game for them, A-plus game? What would you rank it? I, I wouldn't say an A-plus game because I thought John L. Davis uh, made some really poor decisions. Like Golden he, was bad, too. Yeah, today. and they, yeah. he took a couple bad shots. He had a, that, that one baseball pass that he threw down here. I'm yeah. sitting here on the sideline like, man, what are you doing? I don't have a dog in the fight, but you're throwing it to you a You don't have a dog guy. in the fight? Well, not in that fight. Rob Doster, the UConn fan, knowing he's not in that game. Not teams. in that game. Not in that game. You didn't have a preference on who your team would play. They're gonna beat everybody, but any team that's not a Big East team, they beat by double digits. So, like, like no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really. I, I picked Florida Atlantic, so I wanted them to win. That said, that like, what were you? That pass, it makes no yeah. sense. What were you doing? Where? What do you see? Yeah. That decision. So I don't think it was a, an A plus game. I would say it was probably like a, a B plus game. But I thought that they played really, really well against a team that makes you not play. Like a B plus game against San Diego State is about the best that you're gonna get. I thought Florida. I was. I came away a great game. I mean, San Diego State came back. They they dominated the last five minutes and they won it. Uh, I thought, like Tio said, they physically overwhelmed them the last five or six minutes of that game. I was impressed with Florida Atlantic's defense as well. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think of them as a defense. I thought their offense was kind of their identity. They were flying around defensively. Both teams were really good defensively. And when I look at the matchup against UConn. 
I, I like the matchup inside because I think they have the bodies to match up inside as well. I mean, Ladie coming in, I, I thought he was the second best player for them in tonight's game. Well, that, that's what second half clutch well, buckets. He what was the they guy. figured out, what San Diego State figured out, why they were able to make their run down the stretch is that that was the mismatch they had. Yes, the the Florida Atlantic bigs couldn't deal with Jaden Ladie, and he just they Jayden they Ladie. actually came out. He he was the closer for them at the end of this game, mm-hmm. and and he was the guy that made the plays that needed to be made, and that's a backup big. He was twelve and six and only fourteen minutes tonight. Yeah, I, also like a former five star, right? Yeah. So, so. Yeah. But how many people have that luxury as a backup? Uh, I can think of one. <laughs> we'll get to that, okay? Uh, if you can't tell, this man's been somewhat insufferable tonight. I will say, since we clicked record on this show, though, you're giving me a little more gusto, a little more energy I would have expected He's from not you. as optimistic as he was before the game, was he? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, after this game wrapped, the UConn game I'm talking, he dragged me to the UConn locker room <laughs> the long way. Instead of just going out the tunnel right by the locker room, I had to go across the UConn student <laughs> section, across the UConn fans, while everyone in Huskies blue is saying to Rob, we love you, Rob. And he looks him dead in the eyes and goes, one more. One we more business trip. Yeah. At least, at least you stuck trip. with him. When I had to do that in Vegas and follow him around with a cell phone, he just disappeared out of the <laughs> locker room. And I was just standing oh, in the locker room. Is, he was is, gone. That is like, a, that's what happened. Oh, yeah, Rob, that. that's what happened. I was in the yeah. locker room. I was like, when are we going to do this? He was like, we got to get him. I turn around talk to Tom Moore, who hands me a PB&J. I'm happy as a clam. And I turn around. Rob is gone. <laughs> I forgot about that. Rob is gone. He walks. He hadn't eaten in like in like 48 hours and he walks into the locker room and he sees the post game spread that UConn has and he goes I'm getting one of those (laughs) (laughs) that did happen I've never seen a man so excited about a bad PB&J it was a quality PB&J no wonder they played so well this tournament (laughs) man PB&Js are fantastic how about how about about Jeff Goodman's over here he's gonna jump on the show in a second how about him throwing Mastro's under the bus did you guys see this He, he he tweeted what Jordan Hawkins ate at this restaurant. He uh, the calamar that he ate. At, oh, I don't okay. even want to say the restaurant. What he ate at the steakhouse. You already did. It's it's and, called Mastro's. You already said the name of the restaurant. Everybody on the team ate the same thing that Jordan Hawkins did. And Goodman's out here throwing them under the bus. Unbelievable. I feel bad for that restaurant. Guys, still eat at Mastro's. Hey. It's a very good steakhouse. Don't listen to what Jeff says. Hey, he looked all right tonight. Five seconds into the game, bangs the three. He was not himself. Let's finish. Go, we got Dutcher. Oh. No, Elijah Dutcher. Martin. We need to talk about Elijah yes. Martin and how good he was. And, and here's the thing. You guys were saying, well, is it a B, B minus game? Guys, I, I'll, if you take away the offensive rebounds at the end of that game, that's an A game from FAU. And San Diego State found a way to win. Yeah. That is, that's a testament to what they've built there as a program, as a culture, that toughness, that offensive rebound and stuff. Like, unbelievable game all the way around. I thought FAU played good enough to win. They just couldn't take care of the offensive glass. I think that means a lot going forward, too, because my criticism of San Diego State's chances of actually winning this tournament, even after they got to the Final Four, was that if they ran into a team where on a night they played their A offensive game, they hit shots, I thought that was it. Like, I thought they had to just suffocate teams because that's what they've done all tournament but for florida atlantic to hit what six threes in the first half made a couple more early in the second opened it up and they just grinded their way i was wildly impressed you're right though uh, the fact that they had about five guys playing in the jet howard school of free throw rebounding definitely Mm -hmm. opened the door they they fau led the game for almost 32 minutes crazy think about that and credit 32 bradley for getting them going early he's his slumps over he got himself going early Disappeared, I thought, in the middle part of the game, and then yeah. he got back going again. You know what I was so impressed about with both of these teams? It wasn't just Florida Atlantic, and it wasn't just San Diego State. Uh, they're 
let's just call it what it is. They're not supposed to be here, right? It's a Mountain West school and a Conference USA school, and they're not supposed to be on this stage playing in this stadium. This isn't an arena. This is a stadium. It's huge. It's massive in here. Look how big it is. You tried to call for the under. That didn't work out too well for you. Yeah. They didn't come out looking like a team that was playing in the Final Four. They didn't, they didn't come out looking like a team that was nervous, right? Like, that, there's – when you're – in a moment like this, if you've never experienced a moment like this, I wonder if it was almost kind of like they were – they were maybe too young and too inexperienced to know what they were walking into. And they're just stepping on the course like, all right, it's time to go hoop. This is no different than playing our summer I didn't pickup. think Because that's what it felt like. I didn't think they were young. They're just not right. as they're, they're, I don't think either team is really young. They're not as experienced as San Diego State or compared to San Diego State. Florida, well, when, when I say inexperienced, I mean like in, in a setting like this. Yeah. That, I, I just thought it was two well-coached teams mm-hmm. and both stuck to their identity. Yep. And, and Agreed. End of the game, one just made a play and one didn't. I mean, you just there's nothing you can do. That game could have gone either way. We could be sitting here talking about FAU in the finals. Hell of a game, and credit to San Diego State. They, yeah. they, they, they I made don't a play. even know. Like I don't even know if you can say that FAU didn't make a play. Like they made they the made clock ran out. Yeah, that, the yeah, clock just ran yeah, out. Yeah, like that was always going to end up being a game where the team that had the last possession won it. If Lamont if, Butler's shot does not go in, I think we're talking about this game exactly the same. Yeah, and, and I saw some, I saw some people tweeting out. Well, why didn't they just hold the ball and make sure they got the last, the shot? There was a six and a half second shot clock differential. They mm-hmm. shot the ball with two seconds to go on the shot. Everybody's clock. prepared for late game shot clocks and you only need four seconds to go coast to coast. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about when I, I was telling him. Well, that I, I said, said they don't have Randolph Childress well, no. That's what I said. <laughs> but again, it, if you defend, you got plenty of time to rebound and get to the rim. And the first thing you're thinking is when they miss that shot is you're thinking, you know, if they, they go up, you're thinking defend a three or they may foul. But once they miss it, they couldn't do anything. And uh, it, it's just everyone saw it. It was a hell of a play. I, it really looked like he didn't know what the score of the time was. I don't I thought think they defended. That's what made me nervous. They I was talking in circles well. here a second ago trying to explain that. Yeah. yeah. It, it defended it well. Just a hell of a shot. So I mean, just credit to The him. moment will be in the history books forever. The coach that allowed the moment to be in the history books forever. Uh, we got to sit down with Brian Dutcher. Let's go to that interview right now. I'm here with Brian Dutcher. And, all right, so how are you feeling right now? I mean, it was just moments ago you win one of the best games ever in, in Final Four history. What, what are you thinking? That marches for players, and I got a lot of good players, and they make an old coach look good, and Lamont made a timely shot against a really good team, and, and we're fortunate to be advancing, but grateful we are. What, what was the key in the second half? It looked like everything that kind of went against you in the first half. You, you fought, you stayed close enough. Ladine made some, some shots that he didn't make in the first half. Offensive rebounds off, off missed free throws. It was kind of everything. Yeah, we just are wired tough, and, you know, we just knew we couldn't give up another 40 points and think we're gonna win a game. We're not gonna score that many. So we got enough stops, enough timely stops, and then we made just enough offensive plays to get ourselves a victory. All right, so Monday night, you're gonna be in the sideline in the national title game. Like, has it hit you? No, not yet. (laughs) I mean, I'll I'll embrace the moment when I'm there, but like I said, my job is to get these kids out of here, get them recovered, and get them ready to play on Monday night. You're about as selfless as it gets as a head coach. But what does it mean to you? To you with everything, how long you had to wait for this opportunity? Because, you know, your former boss wouldn't retire quick enough. No, we kept winning games. It's hard to retire when you're winning. But, no, coach left me a great program to take over, and we've just tried to keep moving forward and and make it better. And that's a hard thing to do, but I've got a group of guys, a group of coaches that allowed us to do that. All right, Brian Dutcher coaching in the national title game in 48 hours. Appreciate it.
Diego State head coach Brian Dutcher. Field of 68 live from the Final Four. Terrence Oglesby, Rob Doster, Randolph Childress. My name is Greg Waddell. All right, guys, you can dismiss me quickly if you want to, but I'm just going to say what I thought I saw in the final eight minutes of that game, what opened the door for this moment for the San Diego State victory. I thought I saw a very one-sided officiated game in the final eight minutes. I thought San Diego State was allowed to play through a lot of contact, a lot of just hand check fouls that were not called. And on the other end, I thought I saw a lot of clean, well, one clean block and a lot of phantom touch calls that kept sending San Diego State to the line. They didn't make all the free throws. They got a lot of offensive rebounds off them. I thought it disrupted the flow of the game. I thought it opened the door for San Diego State to come back from down 12 points. RC, am I wrong? Am I crazy? Or is that accurate? The whistles blew a few times. You questioned. The block was tremendous block. We saw that live, and I didn't think that was a foul. And they called it whatever it was. But that sequence of when they were one of nine, but it really was like three possessions because they got three offensive possessions in one in one right. free throw attempt. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you give someone four attempts at a basket in the middle of a slump, it, it, it just bought them enough time that they grinded and grinded out, got to the free throw line. And credit to San Diego State. Like, they came back. Physically overwhelmed FAU, I thought, in the end, and closed the game. Yeah. And there's a cumulative effect when you play a yeah, team that yeah, physical. That's, I mean, you know, that, that last seven minutes of the game, usually the aggressor gets the foul call. I know it sounds bad, but it, usually the more aggressive person gets the foul call and then gets to the free throw And they line. had a chance to go down and make a play. They gave it to John L. Davis, and he and they missed did. the shot. They, yeah, they, had, they had answers. They had, they had, they had to, but you're not. Didn't it flip, though? Because it was at one point it was 8-3. They were calling the fouls on San Diego State early in the it half. It did flip. Yes. It did it flip. Did, but that also, flip. I mean. There was the only thing that really stood out to me was the, the block call down there. Okay. The, yeah. the one when Golden got the block. That, that was that, that, was, that, that was a really blatant miss. He missed, he missed that call. They, that, that, was, that was the wrong call. But if the official goes back and watches it right now, he would say, I got that, I got that call wrong. Um, I don't think it was egregious, but also that is kind of the style and the method to the madness for San Diego State. They're going to play that tough, physical, don't let you penetrate, not let you beat the – you're not getting dribble penetration, you're not beating us off the dribble, we're going to hand check, we're going to body you, and you're not going to call a foul every possession. That's just what they do and how they play. And towards the end of a game, when, when the whistles are naturally going to get a little bit tighter, that's what happens. I want to make one point real quick. Do you know the last time before today that there was basketball played in this building? Yes. Do you know when it was? Yes. When was it? Bang. Bang. It was when Chris Jenkins hit the three, same side of the floor, same end of the court as Lamont Butler when he hit his jumper. Do you know what happened tonight when, after he hit that jumper? If you go back, I took a video of it, and you watch the San Diego State section, all you see are beers flying in the air. Yep. Flying everywhere in the air. What a moment. We said it before the game, Greg. That the, this tournament, these games, you never remember a great game. You remember a great moment. That yep. was an all-time buzzer-beating moment in the Final Four. I don't want us all – like we should never forget that we sat here. Well, <laughs> some of us sat courtside. Some of us sat behind the student yeah. section over there. So please, can, can we kick this man off his own network? This is he found a moment to bring the UConn <laughs> moment this back is, in this yeah. too, right? This no, no, stuff. but in all, in all seriousness, we were in this building – for this moment, and it's something that uh, this is why we do it. Moments like that. Yeah, that, this, the, this that is, is why we, we love the sport. And we were here in this building for that moment, doing a show. Courts. It's just Listen, sometimes man. I just got to sit here and be like, "Holy shit, we're doing this." I'm happy you're having a great birthday. I'm happy your team is in the national championship. I'm happy you predicted a buzzer beater tonight. All things are coming up. Rob Doster. We're gonna go to break, and we'll see if after the break, this man's still as giddy as he is right now on the field of 68 from the Final Four. Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy. 
the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games. In pick'em, all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on underdogs' projected totals, whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined. If you're like me and you think Adama Sonogo is going to go nuts this weekend, pick higher on his points projection, pick higher on his rebounds projection, maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals, a higher on Isaiah Wong, whatever it is that you like. Put them all together, and if you hit them all, then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog Slick Mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Field of 68, live from the Final Four in Houston, Texas. Uh, We just broke down the Florida Atlantic San Diego State Thriller, and now we're going to move to a dominant performance from the UConn Huskies. We are presented, as always, by Bet Rivers and by Underdog Fantasy, Terrence Oglesby, Rob Doster. I'm Greg Waddell. And Jeff Goodman, we welcome to the show right now. The best team in the tournament played like the best team in the tournament again tonight. That was the story for me with UConn. Jeff, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've now seen all five of UConn's games in person, and all five have been kind of snoozers because they've just blown out everybody. Dominant. uh, Yeah, dominant. Dominant games every single time. Albany, Vegas, now here, and – They've just got so many weapons, and Adama Sanogo has just been as consistent a player as, as there's been in the country over the last month or so. I mean, really for most of the year, you know, we never really talked about him as a first-team All-American candidate. But now, if you, were, if you were voting now after the tournament, you would have to put him in the discussion. He's, he's played better in this tournament than he did for the majority of the no season. No question. At, at the, the, he's, had the, he's had those yeah. games. Just consistent but every game he here. Didn't, like, he was always kind of like you were getting 15 and 10 from him. Yeah. You kind of knew that you were going to get a good now you're getting Now you're getting 20 and yes. 10. Yes, now you're getting his start. I actually made this, this. I'm glad you brought this up. So I, I was having this conversation. I think I was talking with – was I talking with you? I was talking with someone back there. Maybe you. Um, Maybe and, it was that chair. And we uh, – <laughs> it might have been that chair. <laughs> and – <laughs> and when it comes to UConn, like, you have the Kemba Walker tournament run, yeah. right? And yeah. you have the Shabazz Napier tournament run. I think this is the, the Adama Sonogo tournament run. He's been – I think it's a Dan Hurley tournament run. That's you're, exactly you're right. Adama is. in the mix yes. of those guards, really? He's been – he was that – he was. I the, know, but it's just so different player. when you have guards, right? Yes. Like, it's just electric with, yes. with, with Kemba and Shabazz compared but to he's But also, also, I feel like Adama, those two – Adama sets runs. the tone. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. You said this – you actually said this a couple weeks ago, that, again – What's, what, what Adama does, they go to him, and then it opens it up for Hawkins. And every second half, it, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the Jordan Hawkins show. But I, I think it's it, no disrespect to the teammates on those teams, but those guys were the story because they were almost single-handedly propelling that's that right. team mm-hmm. forward. That, that's not this UConn That's team. not this team. I don't know. Duster, love Ryan Boatwright. <laughs> oh, I was a stud. How do you not? Like, I didn't. Well, that's, that's on you. <laughs> that, that says a lot more about you than it does about Ryan Boatwright. So let me, Ryan Boatwright is electric. Let me make electric. One. That's fine. I'm just, he, he was a little unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's, let me, yeah. that's fine. Hey, and you and you are predictable. I'm very. Okay, predictable. we're not doing Ryan Boatwright here. We're going to talk about this UConn team. I have uh, reel him in. I have one point I want to make about Adama Sonogo. You guys tell me this. We build this entire season for the entire sport 
as the year of the big. You guys printed out 100,000-page almanacs with 11 different big men on the cover. Adama Sinogo was one of them. What makes Adama Sinogo's season and his run in this tournament different from every other big that was on the cover of the year of the big for me is that I think going from last year to this year, he made a jump that no other big did other than Zach Eady, who's about to win National Player of the Year. I mean, we talk about Oscar Shibway, National Player of the Year last year. I mean, Trace year. made a huge jump, too. Trace huge. made a big jump. Oh, huge. A big huge. Jump. But Adama got better pretty much across the board. Am well, Adama's team. Yeah. I mean, it's just Adama's team, too. I mean. But he wasn't making shots like this. I mean, he had two well, threes before that's, the first Well, that was thing. part of the reason that's, he came back is because Hurley allowed him to do that. Right? That was part of the, the whole plan to get him back. Uh, not that he was going to really go anywhere, but it was it was more of, hey, I'll allow you to step out and, and shoot some threes. And, but again, it's not just, the kid it's not works. Just, it's not just the three-point shooting either. Like Passing. It, it was – now he has – since people have to come out and guard him, he's developed that pump fake, one dribble to his left, and get all the way to the rim. He does that really well. He had one of those tonight. He had a little yeah. Eurostep finish at the at the rim. I, I've never seen that from him before. It's the passing. Against Gonzaga, the way that they were able to beat him up in the first half was because you got Adama on the short rolls, and he's able to find Andre Jackson when they're trying to, what do they call it, dorking? You call it, to, some people call it dorking. I call it monster, monster man. When they try to yeah, do the Andre Jackson defense, he was able to find him, and they were able to blow up the defense that way. So the ability that, that they have to, to make themselves, you can't game plan them. Like, how do you scheme them? You try to scheme them by not guarding Andre Jackson. They've solved that. They, uh, Miami tried to game plan them by not guarding Adama Sonogo, and that lasted two and a half minutes. <laughs> and then they ripped everything up and started again from scratch. It Actually, just, I, I thought do? Miami did a pretty good job game plan-wise because they did limit Hawkins. I think you tweeted that <laughs> at halftime, right? Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Hawkins was 50% of himself today. That's what everybody in that locker room but, but, was. 50% of but himself. Oh, the Calamari. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> at Maestro's. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, too. I think him coming out and hitting that first one was big for the team just to kind of uplift them. And then Miami started an 11-2 hole because Sonogo hits two when nobody's guarding him. Hawkins hits one. Then, then Sonogo, what was it, another up-and-under layup. I was wondering if anybody else was going to help Sonogo out. And Guys, this team is playing as well as anybody in the last 10 years not named Baylor in 21. Like, dominant. On the, the boards, the, moving the ball. The only one I would put in the conversation is Villanova 2018. Villanova 2018 rolled sure. everybody. They beat somebody by 44 in the Final Four. And, and, and the, 44. honestly, yeah, 44. And that's the a lot teams of just seem stronger then. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference, right? Like, this year, no disrespect, but, again, you're, you're talking about some teams that aren't as high-powered this year. The gap has closed. Across the whole since, sport or on the yeah. run that UConn played? No, both, both. I would say, you know, across the sport. Again, just because of all the factors we've been talking about, you know, over and over and over with the, the extra COVID year and the portal being, you don't have to sit out. Uh, there's just so many factors. Mm-hmm. Okay. The crazy part is, is like, UConn outscored them in the paint by 16. They're just so overwhelming. And, and we knew that coming in, but the fact that they continue to do it night in and night out, it's, there's nothing going to happen. But one point about this UConn team, there was a point towards the back end of the first half where they stalled a little bit and Hurley went to his bench and the bench ended up closing the half uh, I mean Donovan Klingon yeah. his stats weren't as loud as some other people's but like that He's dude a made a, a massive impact blocking around a Caraband. yeah Caraband made some really nice moves they just the bench play 
Hurley realized how well they were playing there in the last five or six minutes, he just said, hey, I'm not putting my starters back in. I'm going to ride these guys, and that's recognition by him. Part of, part of the leap that they made, it wasn't just like everyone wants to credit, oh, they figured out Andre Jackson, they figured out how to make this work. It wasn't just him. Like, Naheem Aline has been way for better the last, way for the last better. two months. Oh. He's been the he guy. He was kind of buried for a while there. Well, but they switched the rotation. Yeah. So it started where Joey Calcaterra was coming in for him, and yeah. now Naheem Aline is the sixth man. He's the first guy off the bench unless there's foul trouble, yeah. right? And him coming in and being another option to be able to get a shot, another guy to space the floor, and most importantly, another guy that can guard anybody on the perimeter. Like, you notice today, when they brought him in, they put him on – they can play him at the four. Right. Like, he was guarding Jordan Miller for times today. So That's the difference. Yes. That's the difference between him and Cocktail. Like, he didn't shoot the ball worth anything today. He was four of 11, over five from three. Like, he didn't shoot it well. Jordan? No, Naheem Aline. Naheem Aline, yeah. Yeah. But he made he made a couple big ones. Like, yep. he got the offensive rebound in the lane, had that little wants. float. Yeah. Like, there were ones where you were like, all right, Miami's making a little bit of a run. Like, you need one here. No, but my, my only my only thing is he, he provides more versatility defensively. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. disagreeing. No, 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 here's no, my question page. for you guys. So, with UConn so potentially you. winning Appreciate it all with two bigs, does that change? Because we've talked about it all all year, really for the last couple of years, that you, you, can't, you can't go deep in the tournament with traditional. And they're not traditional bigs. I know they move better. Klingon, for his size, moves oh, exceptionally well. Yeah, You know, Sonogo's not as much of a traditional big now as he was a year ago, but he's still, I mean, you're still talking about two bigs. Mm-hmm. Like, does that change, you think, how other coaches will look at it now? I, yes and no. Um, and the reason I say that is because I, I think it works because they have the two of them, and you play completely differently with the two of them on the floor. Like, you're b- guarding ball screens differently with – Adama Sonogo out there than you are with Donovan Klingon out there, right? You're running offense differently with Adama Sonogo out there than you are with Donovan Klingon. And I think part of the the issue that you run into is, like, you can come in with this game plan. This is how we're going to beat this team. This They're going to guard this ball screen. They're going to blitz it. We're going to hit the short roll. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then they switch it up, and they bring in a guy. Like, Donovan Klingon is a, a carpet copy of Walker Kessler. Right, the guy yeah. that was like, defensive yeah. player of the year last year is going to be third in the the rookie of the year right now in the rookie of the year ranking in the NBA. And then you bring him in, you play drop coverage. He's putting everything through the backboard, and you do that while you put in two other guys that are just pestering you on, your, on the perimeter. It's you have to game plan for two different teams essentially because yeah. they play two different styles with those two guys out there and all those other. It's just it's a buzzsaw. Right? I, I don't it's even tough. know what to do with it. Like I'm trying. I've been be truthful. Be truthful. I've been pretty, like, mellow about just hyping this team up like crazy. I was worse last year. Well, yeah, because it, it was, it was kind of new last year. Um, and this year, again, you were, you were out of your mind early. Then in the middle of the year, you, you, you said how much they sucked when they lost six of eight. And, yeah, you've been I was, better. I wasn't wrong, though. You've been better <laughs> yeah, since was, they've come back from that. I wasn't wrong. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, just want to know, <laughs> hey, the only question I have for Doster is, will he get his own float in the parade? I should. I should get a top right. dog's float. Right. I should get a top dog's float. If you plan on what your celebration is going to be, it's a jinx. It's a guaranteed jinx. The worst part of Rob's whole celebration of this to me is that I would not have a problem if he was gloating, if he's running around <laughs> excited about this. It's the fact that he's looking head down one more. Like, 
It's just bullshit. It's yeah. just bullshit. House money. House yeah. money. That's House right. money is House what money. says off camera right now. Um, hey, we, uh, well, <laughs> the very own one and only Rob Doster got to talk to UConn's Andre Jackson after the game. Let's cut to that interview right now. Come on to the field of 68 after dark, Andre Jackson. Andre, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the biggest game for you. You sat around for the, probably 16 minutes in the first half. Jordan Hawkins had three points in the first half. And you guys had to break up 10. What does that say about how deep and how uh, how connected this team is? Uh, that's really what it speaks to. We have so many guys that can step up whenever it's their time. and uh, Guys with a lot of confidence and a lot of experience. I think that's what allows us to be such a good team. Um, so many guys on this team that you can go to and rely on. So. It's great to have guys that can really come in for me and, and make just as much of an uh, impact on the game as me. And it's awesome to sit there and, and not be having, having to worry about, oh, we're going oh, to go down. But we even went up. So shout out to those guys and what they brought to the game today. And they helped us get a big win. I told someone today that this run to me is the Adama tournament. We have the Kemba tournament. You have the Shabazz tournament. This is the Adama tournament. How good has he been over the course of the last five games? Uh, he's been great. I think he's been great for us all season. And for me, shoot, I've been playing with him for three years. He's been good for me since I've been here. Uh, I think he's one of the best big men, if not the best big man in the country. Uh, he's proved it over and over and again, and he works like nobody else. He puts in so much work in the gym, you, you wouldn't even believe it. I told you, like, since he got here. So it's no, it's no surprise that he's at the point where he is in terms of, like, being able to really uh, dominate a, a basketball game. We saw that today, right, the work, the threes that he hit, first two buckets of the game, Adama Sanogo three-pointers. Did you know they were good? Yeah, that doesn't happen by accident. He's in that gym every day working on his three. I mean, working on his post-ups, working on his face-ups. So just trying to really just get better every single day. And anytime he shoots it, I, I think it's going to go in. And he told me earlier in the season, like, he's a top three shooter on the team. <laughs> I asked you this back in Vegas. Um, when, you, when you guys went through that little downswing, right, when you were struggling, did you think that you would be in the Sweet 16? You said, yeah, you thought you could get there. Did you think you could be playing for a national title on Monday night, last game of the season, one or two teams left? Yeah, I, th I always believed that. Like, I went to UConn for a reason. Uh, we were at worse points than this. We lost in the first round twice in a row, and I still believe every single year I played on the team, even the years we lost in the first round, I believed we was going to win a national championship. Like, so even, you know what I mean? I, I always believed it. This is about really, you know what I mean, getting to this point and making it happen. So I think it's, I think it's really just coach. Coach puts us through a lot. Like, he puts you through more work than any other coach in the country. That's what I think. So he prepares you like no other coach can. And all the coaching staff is super locked in every single day on getting us better and getting us ready for whoever our opponent is. So I think they do a great job, and, and that's the reason why we got to this point. On that point, this, this locker room was about as subdued as I've seen any team winning a Final Four game, right? You guys are on a mission. You have a goal. You haven't reached that goal. Yeah, when you walk into Worth, when you walk into the Worth Champion Center, like, you see banners, you see trophies. When you, as soon as you walk in, you see, you see like what the people in the past have left, and and that makes you want. I mean, that same thing. So, I think just that that environment, being in that environment, just it's not good if we walk back with this. Like, you know what I mean? You go back to stores, and this is all you have to show for. That's not enough, and that's not enough for the work that we put in either. We, we we're not gonna make it this far just to come this far. We wanna we wanna. You know I mean really leave, uh, leave, leave with something, you know what I mean? Leave with the, you know, with the national championship, and that's the reason we came out here. We came out here with a mission and a plan, and we're, we're looking forward to getting out there and competing. What will it mean to you if you can get a national championship for Coach Hurley? It would mean everything to me. Like, he's my inspiration. Like, uh, 
he's he's got me to this point. Without him, I wouldn't even be close to where I'm at right now as a player, or you know, as anything, as a leader, anything. So he's put me in all these positions, and he's the reason why I'm, why I am who I am now. Uh, he's constantly teaching me so many new things, and uh, I mean, for him to, to get him a national championship, like that would bring me to tears, honestly. Like that's my. It'll guy. make him cry too. He's a bit of a crier. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Like. That's all I want to do. That's why I go out there and I play so hard for coach. Like, I run through a brick wall. With his star <laughs> glue, glue guy, excuse me, Andre Jackson, we are live from the Final Four here in Houston. Uh, Jeff Goodman, Greg Waddell, Terrence Oglesby, and the aforementioned Rob Doster. T.O., before the break, you said briefly that Danny Hurley has been phenomenal this tournament. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, recognizing Let, lineups. Let's be clear. What T.O. said was that he coached his nuts off. I did say that. I did say that. He, he coached he coached a great game. But recognizing what lineups were working, that's not always easy in the flow of the game when there's a lot of emotion. I thought he did a terrific job there. In the second half, Miami's making their little run, right? They cut it down to 12, was it 12 got to 10. And what does he do? He calls a lot of long-winded sets that take 26 seconds. And then not only that, they would get they would shoot it, get an offensive rebound, He'd set it back out, and then they'd run another, you know, however many seconds, 14, 15 seconds off the clock. That is a killer when you're playing against a team with guards that are playing within rhythm and playing fast. For him to slow down the tempo and the pace of that game to his liking worked really, really well. You agree with that? You're the UConn fan here. Yeah. I, I Look, I've one of the biggest battles that I fight on UConn Twitter is explaining to people that Dan Hurley is, in fact, a good coach. And people, he's a great coach. People, you please, can you Don't, say it again? Let's Look not feed his ego. Let's not feed Dan Hurley's ego. Please. I mean, he manages it's big the game. enough the, right the only, now. When, when Dan know. Hurley is not is focused on the game, he's mm -hmm. top ten coach of college basketball, and he's about to win a national championship. Hey, you can't take that away from him. All right. Uh, while everyone seems to agree that UConn is the most dominant team we've seen in five yeah, years, I have a little theory of my own that. Maybe you could attribute this tournament run to luck more than skill. I'm going to tell you why after the break on the Field of 68 from the Final Four. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument? That your takes weren't hot? They were just right? Well, I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room. Vaulted is also releasing a final four competition called their last four pool. What amounts to a hot take challenge, it has a $5,000 prize pool. Who doesn't like free money? I like free money. So if you like free money like me, then go and download the Vaulted app at the link below Sign up for your free three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. Saturday night, the final four, Houston, Texas, and we are the Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers and Underdog Fantasy, live from Houston, Texas. Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, welcome to the show, John Fanta. Thank My you, Greg, Greg Waddell. Uh, so before the break, I said that maybe, just maybe, they're not this dominant juggernaut of a team that is quote-unquote from T.O., the best run we've seen even going back to Villanova, this dominant team that was fourth in the Big East this year. Mm -hmm. Rob Doster. Uh, well, what was their path in this tournament? They Two beat, West Coast Conference teams. They beat Rick Pitino. Uh, he loves beat, doing this, they the beat coach. Randy Bennett. Rick, then wait, they beat Eric Musselman. Rick Pitino with two feet out the door. Then they beat Mark Few. And then they beat 
a should-be Hall of Famer in Jim Laranega. I think right, it's right. an incredible turnaround. Can I help you? Please. Can I help you, please, please on this please, one? Please, please, please. They beat a Rick Pitino team in the MAC that had a couple good guards and, and really nothing up front. They beat a Randy Bennett team that was, honestly, he maximized what he could, and Alex Dukas could barely uh, get out of his chair and they at were halftime. They were losing at that yes, point. Yes, correct, the correct. They beat an Arkansas team that didn't have Trevin Brazil, a first-round pick, and Nick Smith was a shell of himself because he's so been in and out of the lineup. Happened in November. An eight like, seed in the Sweet 16, mind you. An eight they seed. beat a Gonzaga team that I just saw Mark View earlier today, and he said, man, we were really, really lucky. I, I, I didn't think we'd even maybe make it out of the first round of the tournament because uh, their backcourt is, looks like it belongs, honestly, in, in maybe the Big West right now. And now Miami, I'll give you credit. Like, I actually think this was, this was a pretty good win against the Miami team. They don't run a whole hell of a lot, a but Miami they got some dudes. that was not in the Ken Palm top 25. And they were in, the they're in a mid-major league. I mean, that's the so, other thing. They're, so I guess the, the, but the question that I have is, so what's the argument? Yeah. Well, we, What are you trying to argue? We said it a couple days ago. That, that it's not this dominating luck, run. Luck is as big of a factor in the NCAA tournament as any. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You can only be who's in front of you. Here's the five. Th- here's the thing that all of these games have in common. What do all these games have in common, Fana? They're all wins by double digits. They're all wins by double digits. You got a stat right there on your, on your yeah, phone. Yes. You don't, so don't off to the so over here. since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, UConn is the sixth team to enter a national championship game appearance with five wins by double figures. Let's see how many of the others you can name. Villanova. Villanova in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Baylor. No. No Baylor. No Baylor. Really? Baylor didn't? Mm-hmm. 2016 North Carolina, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, which were... tells you yeah. how wild it is that Jay Wright won that game. Yep. Mm-hmm. 2009 North Carolina. They were dominant. Yes. 2001 Duke. Mm-hmm. They you were pretty damn good. One. Your guy, Mr. March. (laughs) Mr. March. 2000, Tom Izzo. How good was 2000, Michigan State? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're great. So here's the thing. To me, the run has been dominant. The competition it's come against has been a product of the NCAA tournament. That's the point no, here. No, product mm-hmm. of college basketball. Well, yeah, and therefore, co- basketball. yeah, but product of the tournament, too. And, and here's, because it, FAU might not be standing. Here's, here's the thing. I was thinking about this watching FAU. Credit to them. But who they play in the second round of the NCAA tournament? Yes. They played Fairleigh Dickinson right. University. Sure. Mm-hmm. Duke. Did Duke not have their worst day in, in over a month against Tennessee? What if Duke wins that game? Yeah. What if no. they win? There are play circumstantial things. Sure, you yeah, the, in UConn's region, and, in UConn's region, again, what UConn's changed the region great. was Arkansas beating Kansas. Kansas had that game won. All, they should have won Greg, that game. I think is saying is like they're going to go through six games. Yeah. Without playing a, a, a real big boy, they're going six. Like, what, but it's like a fact. what? What you say without playing a real big yeah. boy? They played an Arkansas team that's got two lottery oh, picks and four NBA players. You they have they they played Gonzaga and Drew Timmy. So like. Where, where in this NCAA tournament? Where? What team is a true big? Are you boy? trying to diminish no, the title? I mean, I'm serious. They're just what they're team? A, they're a more talented team. I'm not what, making. What, that's what I'm, I would not, say. I'm not making what, this college point. basketball in 2023. We said the entire year there are no great teams. There aren't. Y- UConn is a very good team that be, is beating every good team's ass was, in this was, tournament. All right, there was, are no great teams. Who do you want them to beat? I'm not be making for this point. I got a great win. No, no, it's a serious question. I have I'm just saying, like, did they they beat, Can I answer? Did they beat a legitimate top point. 10 team? Oh, Greg. 
That's all Greg, I'm saying. This is how this works. That's why it's team. my point. I can't even answer the question. Who is, who is the legitimate top well, 10 again, team? Well, like, again, like Alabama was the top 10 team. Well, you know, Houston. Alabama was the top 10 team. They lost by 32. I'm not saying they can't lose. College basketball stunk this year. It was, UConn is, uh, UConn it is was the, definitely UConn down. is the best right. team in a bad Part year. Part of the show where you yeah. just yeah. sit over here, folks. Hello. They're the best team in a bad year. So if you want to sit here and say that, that they I'm didn't. I'm just like, saying they didn't beat. Go ahead. They're the best go team? Ahead. Like, they're the fourth best team in the Big East. So what they're do you want to do? You want to go to 96? They're number one. No, up, no. not at all. I'm just saying. We do you want Kelvin Sampson to drive his team over here so they don't have to travel? No, it's a charter. We can say. But Mark won't be there. He won't be with us. They're in the neighborhood. To Fanna's point, it's a dominant run. That is different from saying they're a historically dominant team. No one said they were a historically dominant team. Yes, we did. We just said it on the last session. Well, historically dominant run by point. No, no. Honestly, honestly, if they. T.O. is Mr. Big East now. They have won by five more points on average than the 2018 Villanova team. Yeah. So there's going to be people out there who do it. But Tio they're not going to know. go back to stores. That's all this yeah. is. It's just yeah. a ploy to go back you to do? stores. You do? They sat you in the top he row wants of the to be, He pavilion. wants to be in the same, bro- uh, in the same float with uh, Doss yeah, or you the coming with me? You want to be on my float? In the- there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. T.O. is a very big fan of the I Husky thought, here's the, here's the wild thing tonight that reflects your point. And I, I brought this up to Dan in the hallway just now. I thought that UConn played like a B game. They didn't even play an A game. They, they kind of, what when they say like sometimes that they sort of effed around a little bit, they did turn the ball over a bunch. Yeah, well, UConn, and Dan said it, we had do. uncharacteristic turnovers. That's a credit to Miami because that's the only chance Miami had to uh, win the, the game. The only other chance is to, to play even with the, the five-man matchup, and they didn't do that. Oh, no, no, they didn't. No. But yep. the fact that here's the UConn luxury. There's no doubting that the roster that he assembled and his staff assembled was was an amazing job because how many teams can lose the linchpin of the team? Andre Jackson's been the linchpin of this team. He, he's done everything for them. He plays four minutes in that first half, and they don't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat. Well, the, be- the beauty for them, too, is they don't have a great point guard situation, but there aren't a lot of great point guards around the country. Yeah. You know, so they don't get exposed very often. And, and the point guard it. broke tonight, by the way. Yeah. He finally broke in the locker room. He said that he's tired of it. Who? Newton. Newton says he's tired of people hating on him. Wow. He goes, I don't he know what you want. He, he said, I don't know what you want me to do. I had eight assists tonight. So that has also. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, been, he's been very no He's been very good. Yeah. RC, RC, yeah. you're talk, RC's talking off, so, off stream right now, and no one can hear no what you're saying. <laughs> you're sitting here. You know, he doesn't know he doesn't have a mic. So, no, in all seriousness, like, Tristan Newton is, if you're going to go, like, draft the best point guards, best players, best whatever, it's like, he's not going to be high on the list. But he's no Ryan Boatwright? Ter- no, he's, no, no one's a Ryan Boatwright. But in terms of what UConn needs him to do, like, play with pace, get the ball into the half court, be able to run the offense, uh, be able to come off those screens and, and, and get the ball into Adama Sanogo when he's ceiling, make a three when it's open, do not turn the ball over. Run a ball screen. Like, he can do the job that he's being asked to do on this team. Yeah, my, I'm just going to be re- real talk here. You're telling me that if a – let's just say that if a Big Ten team was playing Monday night against San Diego bad. State, would you be devaluing their not. national of title course, as well? Not. I'm not devaluing a thing. We can call this a dominant run. I have zero problem with your point. It's well thought out. I have a problem saying this is a historically dominant team looking back at the last 10 years of college Nobody, basketball. But no one is That's saying, not true. Who's no saying one, that? No we just that. said it. Oh, no, who said no, that? We didn't say it. We said it was a historically dominant run on par with 2018 Villanova's, on par with 2021 Baylor's. 
on Paul. No, we said they are playing like a, yes, as right good now. of a team. Yes, right now, comparatively to the rest of the field. That's just not true. Compared, to, not compared true. to the rest of the field, how is it not? They just gave you the data. If this team played 2018 Villanova, what's the line? I think Who wins? T- I'm, Probably I'm three. Villanova no. by double digits. No. no. I disagree with no. that. No, no. no shot. No. 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 no, that's a no. No. They beat him. That's a no. Villanova wins. I understand what you're saying. You should be ecstatic that Duke has really left that game in half. Here's the biggest thing. Oh, come on. St. Mary's was never. I'm not trolling. You were losing that game. Here's the thing. Here's what you got to understand. The reason why you should send a card to Alex Stukas. Yeah, I will. Before they got into the Big East, right, UConn has not won a game by less than double digits outside of the Big East. In the Big East, Teams knew how to neutralize Andre Jackson. And if you ask Danny, what he'll tell you is we did not do a good job of being able to find a way to make Andre Jackson work. Andre Jackson is the reason this team is as good as they are. When he was playing like, a, like completely out of confidence, then that's when they were pretty good without him tonight. That's when they were bad. When he's Andre right, fucking uh, Jackson, say his name. he wasn't even that tonight. <laughs> Let me tell you Andre something. Fucking, when he's Andre fucking Jackson Jr., that's when they're great. And what happened was they changed the way that they use him. They put him into the four they spot. They unlocked him. They unlocked him. They unlocked him. They unlocked him. You ever heard that before? Take us a break. St. Mary. How much do these guys Saint hate Mary could have come on the floor. St. Mary could have come on the floor and suited up against UConn, and they wouldn't have won. Okay? There was no way St. Mary's was ever beating Connecticut. All right, nope. Dukas, man. I mean, Dukas is draining threes. Uh, Randy all right, Bennett. Listen, coming up next, we will preview the national championship game, San Diego State, against the best team college basketball has seen in 50 years, the UConn Huskies. <laughs> That's ever, next ever. on the Field of 68 Live from the Final Four. You know what the best part about the end of the college basketball season is? That signifies the start of spring, the start of summer, the start of hot weather, the start of late nights, the start of weekends on the water, and the best way to stay refreshed during the summer months is with Hornitos Ranch Water, a premium sparkling cocktail with a balance of freshly squeezed lime paired with smooth tequila notes. Hornitos Tequila is a 100% agave premium tequila from the lowlands of Jalisco. It's specifically from the town of Tequila. Originating from one of the most historic distilleries, Hornitos paved the way for all future tequila brands, starting with the tequila name. An official partner of the Houston Astros, you can buy Hornitos Ranch Water in a can, or you can come to Houston's best sports bar, Little Woodrow's in Edo, and get a fresh, handmade cocktail with Hornitos Tequila. There's nothing better on a warm spring day than Hornitos Ranch Water and a Houston Astros baseball game. everybody to NRG Stadium here in downtown Houston. Believe it or not, we are still on the air. And we, and we will be tomorrow for four hours. Oh, We're all together. We're all together. We're here. Feel the 68. Thanks to Trevor Valise and Dagan. You know Hughes who we're going to have on tomorrow, Fanta? Who's coming on? Jim Beheim will be here tomorrow. Wow. In so, the daytime or the or the evening? I think it's going to be evening. I think we're going to start out our nightly show with Jim Beheim okay. at 6 o'clock. All right. I can't wait for that. All right. So we have two things here. Number one is during the break, uh, Rob Doster said that, that you've never heard of Alex Dukas before in your life before tonight. The only thing that could have stopped UConn's run was a guy that Goodman couldn't name until, what until do you, mean you couldn't saw him name. Him. You didn't know like, who he I was. I saw him play in person last year against Colorado State. I did the game. <laughs> I did the game. I need, I need proof that you knew who this person Me was. Me and Gottlieb did the game <laughs> last year. Yeah, okay. 
Who watches more players? Threes I believe in you. that UConn game. I, I believe you. I actually think you <laughs> might have hurt you. his back. I, I you might have been the one I, it was, to take I gotta, his back I out. I don't know what you did, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 20-year-old Alex Dukas started grabbing his back. And running into the, 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 the training room. He's, one, he's not 20 years old. Two, you did not know who the 20. guy was. Is we he okay? I've never seen a player have That's a... So I said, we've got to right? check on Alex. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's okay. We, we, <laughs> we don't yeah, know. Yeah, we don't know. I took the voodoo off. Seriously. <laughs> I hope he's okay. God, is it? What time is it? It's 12.03. It's not your birthday anymore. Don't no, be an yeah. ass. No, it's, you know, it's, it's Alex it's Dukes. It's funny. It's not, it's not April Fool's Day anymore. So like, no, it's April 2nd. We have the whole joke about you being fired. But Gilman keeps up with this. It's not going to be a joke when you see that statement with that press release put out tomorrow (laughs) afternoon. We're done with that. (laughs) No press releases. None of this shit. All I know is you're very lucky you made it through today. What do you mean? You're very lucky. Like in life? In life or on the channel? That we didn't do anything. Tell tell them what we did last, what what you did to me last year. I I don't remember. You put out you you what did I do? you sold it. <laughs> that was good. You put out. But was this better was today? today? I sold the company. Do you want to know what I was going to oh, do? Oh, I heard yet? this. Well, I heard about this. I was going to get uh, some rope and tie it on the door handle, outside door handle of your hotel room door, and and tie it to the other door across the hall, so you, could, so you couldn't yeah. get out of your room. He brought this up to me you on like Wednesday. You would have been room. You wouldn't have been able to go to the UConn game. That, that that's like the the most basic. That's not even a prank. Well, but it would keep you in your room. Not, that's not, and here's, you, there's only there's one way you yes. can get out of that. Yes. Where do you, you just rank? Turn the handle down, and you're good to go. <laughs> I don't yeah, think so. You would have figured that exactly. Where do you rank ours? Where do you rank? Where do you rank our our April Wait, Fool's Day? Break? No, our statement, like our graphics, and like where do you rank? Where do you rank the April Fool's joke that we pulled off today? Yeah. On on you? Yeah. It was good. Whose idea was that? It was a good idea. It's a good one. It's good. You listen. We had coaches texting us. We had leagues test texting us. Like, is Fana okay? Are you okay, Fana? He was gonna cry. No. <laughs> I'm good. We negotiate. I negotiated late last night. We about an hour before a lockout, and yeah. we got a deal got done. done. Yeah, we got a deal done. Do you have to deal. wear the long sleeve? T-shirt under no, the. No, he doesn't. We got, do you want to see? Well, do you want to know my story from tonight? So I'm I'm hanging out by the the at the end of the Yukon locker room, and Adama Sonogo tried to play some cards tonight and and uh, and and wait a little bit longer than normal on the on the allotment time because you get like 30 minutes. Right. Well, he had to do treatment yeah. in the ice bath, and so then he had to take a shower and then he comes out. So I'm I'm kind of on the edge. I'm, I'm waiting for him because I I wanted him one on one. And I'm hearing from the back corner of the of of the of the Connecticut back bathroom showers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fanta, come on back, come on back. Now I'm. This is the image in my head. I'm looking down this 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 <laughs> the. I see steam and you know like the showers on. Yeah. I'm like I'm like from afar. I'm like Adama. I'm okay. Like I you know I'll wait for you to come out. He's like no 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 come back you know come back. So I okay I walk I walk out walk to the back of the the thing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't don't know like where this is going. I know, I know. That guy's in the cold tub. So you didn't get Total, in with him? I looked. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And the trainer, the trainer goes, well, why don't you get in with him? I go, right. You could have done an interview. You and yeah. Shinogo uh, in, the, no. in the, the cold tub. It, no. It could have been like the, the Kevin Hart coldest balls right. thing. Right? No, no. Yes. Do you know Do you know what would happen if I went in that cold tub? No <laughs> doubt the Houston Texans will go 1-15 in 15 this fall. <laughs> One in fifteen. Oh, the, what do you make of all? Is UConn 
Where do you put them on teams you've watched in recent years? That's I'm I'm, I'm going to ask you that. Like, where do you put teams you've watched in recent years? Are they better than like Kansas well, last we, year? You know what? We don't know. I mean, it's just one. Of, you, what would you, you take though? If you if you had to choose a team, right? Kansas from a year I, ago. I, I think they match up well with the Kansas team a year ago. Well, they do. I, they, I, they I, I think do. they do. So, I, and I think so much because they're going to kick McCormick's ass yes, down low. So much about it is matchups. And then, like today, the one player that you were worried about or concerned about if you were Miami was Sonogo. Who gets them started tonight is a dominant. You Sonogo. thought Miami could win tonight. I did. I, did. I think they showed flashes they could. Uh, I mean, to start, well, when they got back in the game. They fell behind early, and that was it. It is, again, we've talked about this for a while. They don't really run much. So it's just legitimately I, Their Miami, guys didn't Miami. play well. We thought Wong was going to play better than yeah. he did, and Wong yeah. didn't. We thought Wong was going to be a guy that was going to be a tough match. They don't match. get anything when, easy. They when, just don't get When Andre easy. Jackson got in foul trouble, I thought, okay, Wong could get going. But usually, I was just surprised with the interior defense at the rim protection <laughs> with Klingon and Sonogo. They played work great because Miami does a great job of putting pressure on the rim. And I thought they got nothing inside. They weren't shooting it great from the outside. And it was just doomsday for them because they had no answer for UConn's interior presence. All right, stop the show. You have to read the comment. So, B. Mick just said, Doster looks like the really cool manager at a Bennigan's who used to be head server, but is now in line to be the store GM. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I haven't heard Bennigan's in a long time. I love Bennigan's. No, Bennigan's you do. He does look like the guy at a, like a, a store that's helping you in the produce at 9.15 in the morning. Totally, totally. But he's yes. so hungover. Yes. What kind of lettuce do you like? Is it romaine or iceberg? I would look at you and I'd, I would look at you and I'd say I'm okay. Thank you. Thank you, sir. But thank you. I don't need help. Yeah. Let's preview. Let's, let's talk. No, about the, you're the right, pun right, guy in the register. That's that's who you are. All right, we have two minutes. minutes. No, Wait, all right. We'll, we'll preview. I mean, we got plenty yeah, of time. We'll preview in the we do have plenty of time there tomorrow. There are no afters. Yeah. They yeah. cancel no the afters. We got some Wait, tomorrow. all right. Rapid fire. Rapid we fire. We have four four hours tomorrow. At least. At least. Twenty seconds to each. 20 seconds to each on on what you think it takes each team. I think everybody would pick Connecticut, so I'm not going to ask you who you're picking. That's meaningless. Yeah. What would it take for San Diego State to beat UConn? A miracle? I, I completely disagree. I, 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 I agree. I, I mean, they're going to have to really muck it up. They're going to have to muck it up and, and play this one in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, they do need Dukas. With Dukas, UConn wouldn't even be here. I, Keep going. We gotta get the clip. But on a serious note, I think they're the. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but they are a team that's built on their defense, and I think they have the bigs, the back, both bigs that can come in, physicality wise, and match up with. UConn. I agree with and that. I don't think anyone else that they've played can say that. So the the biggest thing is that they are tough enough and physical enough defensively, uh, in theory, to be able to take UConn out of what they want to run. But I'm curious your take on this. I think that where San Diego State's biggest strength is defensively is they don't let you beat them one-on-one. Like, they, they, they dare you to play in one-on-one. And the issue is UConn doesn't do, like, a lot of one-on-one stuff. Like, everything it's they do is game. running offense, running right. sets. Right. And I think that they are, they are tough enough that they can run their sets. My, my concern is the ball pressure, the backcourt pressure, and making Tristan Newton start the offense 45 feet away from the basket instead of 25 feet away from the basket. San Diego State is, a, is physical men. Mm-hmm. Throw them in. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and, again, they have multiple bigs. They have fouls. Odama Sonoga's a man, and there's no one stronger than him. But if you had to say and pick they a They got rock, Klingon, too. And no, he comes exactly. Man, I mean, man, they, they got it. Good luck. But Nathan Mensah, good but, luck. I know he's really good but, defensively, yeah. but he's thin. But he's I think, thin. 
I think Ladie has the physical yeah. capabilities yeah. To, to offset that. And I thought I, he I was. Just, in, I thought he was great tonight. He was I'm actually close. Awesome. He was yeah. really good. I'm a little bit worried about Jaden Ladie's uh, the the high center of gravity. I don't know how he's going to be able to keep Adama Sinogo from getting anywhere he wants to get to when it comes to ceiling and posting and like just because he's he's got those broad shoulders, but Adama Sinogo like. Once he puts his ass into you, and you're flying over there. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to be able to hold up Jane Lindy. Yeah. Here's my take on this game. I am in complete agreement with what you just said about San Diego State having the grown men to compete with UConn. Let's call a spade a spade. It's very important how this game gets officiated yes. on, on Monday night. It's very, very important. At a certain point, San Diego State's offense can't be, we're going to ride one player for eight minutes. You have got to have some offensive versatility. You can't just have it be the Matt Bradley show, but Micah Parrish isn't playing well. Darian Trammell, where was he tonight? He, he had an off game. Mm-hmm. San Diego State has got to find two guys who are going. Like, for them to win this game, they need Bradley and Trammell to combine for 40 or Bradley and Butler to combine for something like that. They're going to have to muck it up, like you just said, Jeff, and you got to hope, you got to hope that, like, at a certain point, Caravan – Calcaterra, Aline aren't hitting shots. So then you cut the depth off. No, UConn's got to play. the depth but, off. But they got to play their C minus game, and, and San Diego State's got to play their A game. Yeah. That's they what got, I said. They, they got to miss Go shots. No, I, I just think play. that they have the bodies to match up inside that can keep them a, a close to the three point shooting of UConn. And you cannot, cannot, cannot let UConn run right now. Well, they, but I mean, that, that, you got to force their game. Right, that's their game anyway. I mean, that'll be what San Diego State, yeah, that's what yeah. they've been able that's to do. That's what they do. And the big thing is? It'll be closer than people think. Jordan Hawkins will be back to Jordan Hawkins. We don't know. Because he said yeah, he's not, he's he's not having Cal Murray. recovered from Vegas. No, he's, he's fine. T.O. played better than Jordan. T.O. hadn't recovered. I mean, look at him. He's got a bellyache again. T.O. got 30 rocks up the media game today. All right, let's go. Yeah. There, There is Pizza Hut in the press room. Um, and I watched reporters. I, I watched. I watched a couple. Sean Paul, you, you where didn't bring you? anything Sean out Paul. for producer Dagan or we producer Trevor. You ate it all yourself. Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I did not eat all of it myself. Okay, if I do that, it's it. it I'm gonna actually steal the words of. I'm actually gonna. This is gonna give me. I'm gonna steal the words of Ed Cooley when when Georgetown. Oh, no. One of the one of the one of the Georgetown. Ed and I. I gave Ed the rock on this. So one of the Georgetown new you know new people working with him on his first day. They go, hey Ed, we got some sandwiches in the back. Do you want one right now? Ed looks at at the official and goes, you'll never see me eat in front of people. I looked at him. I go, you're damn right. If I have a stuffed crust pizza, it's behind closed doors. It's true, right? It's true. Yes. However, however, Randolph. I have a stuffed crust. Pizza. It's behind closed doors. Do you believe that? I don't know. Are you not okay with that? I, I don't know. It, you don't it, know? It, it, this ends better than the, 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 the cold tub, but what, what, can we just go home now? I don't know. What are we doing here tonight? If I have a pizza, like, in one sitting, I'm not, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not eating it in front of people. I don't understand why that is so, like. That's why it's funny. Oh, okay, okay. I laugh at the press room when there's reporters, like, taking entire large pizzas. Yeah, that was me. That was me about a half. But I, but I shared. You did? I shared. Yes. I don't know Not about well. you shared. Yes. Did you get any pizza? I didn't get did he? No, he did. He, he did share with those guys. He didn't bring those guys. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> at noon.
Jim Beheim from McIntyre's noon local time, folks. UConn fans, come out show our That's right. RC will be there. UConn fans, RC is going to be there. He's, I'll, I'll he's, he will, he's, he's ready to wrestle anybody that wants Let's to go. wrestle. Noon to two. Oh, geez. Noon to two. <laughs> noon to two. Six to eight. Come visit us at McIntyre's. we got big-time guests. We'll all be there. Let's put a bow with one last night out here on this college basketball season. Join us for a beer to preview the national championship at McIntyre's tomorrow. For all of us on Field of 68 After Dark, thanks for watching.